Welcome to the Coffee with Creators podcast, a casual conversation with creators about life and experiences. I'm your friend and your host, Michael. The first time I discovered Edward Lee's photos, I was intrigued. His style is minimal, yet not devoid of any character or personality. This theme carries over to his YouTube videos, both in topic and aesthetics, and he actually has a video about cable management, which already has reached a million views. I had the chance to chat with him, and I found that we share similar or somewhat parallel views and experiences. Needless to say, it was a great conversation. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've followed you on Instagram for a while now. Followed on followed you on YouTube fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I know your style as very has that very uh, defined aesthetic to it. Like, I'd say cool mm-hmm. in in a way like cool colors, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, white backgrounds, grays, stone, cement, all that stuff, right? Which is interesting because it's kind of like the opposite of what I do mm. or, or my personal style. So when I saw your yeah. Instagram page, I'm like, this guy is so interesting. It's so different from what I, I usually follow. And it yet you still re- uh, maintain that character, those textures, those mm. just those interesting, interesting thing. And I know that you also like natural light mm. in your photographs. Mm-hmm. So that's as far as I went in terms of like research, because yeah. I wanted to yeah. kind of get to know you now as we're, we're talking. So Ed, uh, again, welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, stoked to be here on the podcast. Uh, I will literally take any opportunity to drink coffee and chat with other creatives. So this is like right up my alley. There you go. Cheers. Um, yeah, seriously. And uh, also to your point on kind of like my overall aesthetic, I guess you can say, that just made me really happy because <laughs> that means I'm doing the right thing if you feel that way. And we've never <laughs> chatted before. If you yeah. talked about like natural light, cement, cooler tones, that's mm-hmm. like all the stuff you were pretty much spot on with what I love in terms of like my style, I guess you could say. So that's give me confidence that I'm at least doing the right thing or portraying myself the right way on social, <laughs> which is nice to know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and have this conversation. I guess, where do you want to start in terms of like knowing a little bit about me? Like how far yeah, back, um, I guess. <laughs> how about, yeah. Oh, actually, that's a very fair question because yeah. Um, it's so weird how in the recent years, everything's kind of been a blur. And when I meet someone online for the first time, it's always going to be, it's the usual. Um, I just started with my photography and videography mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So from what I gather, you are a filmmaker, independent filmmaker or um, freelance videographer slash filmmaker. So mm-hmm. I would imagine your journey started doing uh, probably weddings. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that correct to assume? <laughs> yeah, is it? <laughs> I'm dead. That's pretty funny. No, That's I, pretty I, funny. That's pretty I funny feel... because it's it's so accurate. Like if you <laughs> if you start like that with anybody who does videography and filmmaking, it's like, oh yeah, he's so right though. <laughs> <laughs> so how about that? Let's talk about that. That that yeah, yeah. interesting aspect. Like, why is it? Do you th- why do you think that people, or videographers in general? Okay, I'm not a videographer, but mm-hmm. I I have friends who are videographers. And they all seem to start with weddings. Mm. So I, mm-hmm. I just think that was very interesting. And weddings is something, as a photographer, I am so scared to approach. I'm so mm. scared to approach. I would rather take pictures of products because they don't complain. You know what I mean? They just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to worry yeah. about hurting anyone's feelings or, but videography as a starting point for a lot of videographers, weddings, that's, that's kind of, that's already top tier in my book. So yeah, tell your story, Ed. Like, how did you get into that? Into so, this field? yeah, like definitely going back a little bit in time. We don't. Have, well, I'll try to keep it as concise as possible because you know it's not going to be the cliche. Yeah, I picked up a camera, then did this, then did that. Now I'm doing YouTube kind of thing. So, basically, long story short, um, I kind of picked up a camera middle school ish. Mm-hmm. And then uh, got my way into photography. That's kind of how I started out. Then I, you know, did the cliche family portraits, senior portraits, and then stumbled upon my first wedding. In between all this time, I'm still working odd jobs. Like I worked at Starbucks. I worked at Zoomies. I worked at Nordstrom. Literally everything not creative related. 
um, and I was going to school for digital marketing and entrepreneurship. So still not really in the creative field. So like I was headed in a bunch of directions that technically didn't end up with like filmmaking at the end of the road. But at the same time, all those experiences kind of helped me realize how much I love content creation. Like I loved that it was a passion at the time and a hobby, but doing all those other things made me realize how much I love doing content creating. So after um, pretty much all the jobs, graduating school, I got my first job um, after doing all the weddings and stuff, pretty much. I got my first job at a startup called uh, Rhino Camera Gear. So people who aren't familiar or I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of their products, but they make Actually, sliders. I am, yeah. Yeah, they make motorized sliders. Um, they have like the arc and things like that. And that was an awesome job. Like seriously, that job was awesome. <laughs> it was a really fun experience. I worked with some really great people. And it was my first taste at what it's like to do this for a living. Because I was the social media manager and then content. So I was doing like, I was heavy in the social slash cinematography filmmaking because rhino is basically going after people who are filmmakers you know because they use motorized sliders for you know filmmaking short film doc whatever so that's pretty much how i got into that world and i'm really grateful for the experiences that i had there because it kind of you know dropped me in a kind of like sink or sim mentality i guess you could say you know because mm -hmm. i got hired as a job i was mainly a photographer at that time so it's like I had to learn on the job, like how to become a filmmaker. So things like shutter speed and all these camera settings and lighting and photography is, is nothing against people who are only photographers. I love photography. Like it's one of my passions, but video is so such a different beast. You know what I mean? Like photo, yeah. like think weddings, for example, like you could show up with like two cameras and two lenses and you'll be straight. You know what I mean? But with video, you shoot a wedding, you need like specific memory cards you need lighting you need stands you need microphones you need like all these things to like put the video together and that really fascinated me because i was feeling kind of like a creative like rut i guess you could say with photography so i transitioned to a video and then i worked at that startup um for about two years uh, i loved that job but then i just got to a point where i i really wanted to do my own thing and to be honest like YouTube had like a big impact on that not to sound cliche but like I wanted to be a YouTuber you know what I mean like I wanted yeah. to this was like yeah. heavy in the you know Peter McKinnon season where like everyone wants to vlog everyone wants yes. to have cinematic sequences you know that kind of stuff was you know really booming so I thought man I I could do this like why can't I go out and you know do my own content and make a living and not you know work I don't like to word the word nine to five just because you know some people love their jobs that are nine to fives but you know I, I knew that I could do something different so I quit my job then that's when I got heavy into client work because everyone knows if you're listening to this like YouTube doesn't really pay you much money in the beginning no. No. <laughs> there's no way I could quit my job and make a living off just YouTube yeah. um, so I obviously went into freelancing got retainer clients I honestly you know, in the beginning, which is a lot of people may not know based off of my social media, like feed, I guess you could say, or aesthetic, dude, I took work, like everything under the sun. Like it doesn't matter what it is. If it paid money, I took it because I needed to build like cash flow. And so uh, a lot of the work didn't make it to social media just because I, I didn't feel like it aligned with my aesthetic and I didn't want to post it. Um, but I did a lot of work. I did real estate. I did weddings. I did corporate, I did promo product stuff, like I did everything. Um, and then eventually, after two years of freelancing, uh, I decided to dabble into taking YouTube a little more seriously and like trying to go into other avenues of potentially positioning myself as more of like an expert slash coach that can teach other people who also want to make the leap to doing content creation full time. And so that's kind of the last you know, that's been the last basically two years of my life, which is making that transition into freelancer mindset into more of like business owner slash coach mindset, like kind of a right. different, different world. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> that is like my condensed as condensed version, as I could say about a little bit about me. <laughs> I think you did a very good job at doing it. And, you, you know, a couple of the, a couple of the things that you mentioned actually resonated with me. 
And mm-hmm. I feel like we, we could be really good friends just because <laughs> just because a lot of the things that you went through, I personally went through as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just, you know, touch on a couple. Not everything. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, obviously not weddings. <laughs> That's definitely not my thing. <laughs> but just the whole um, being, being in that in that that time period when P- Peter McKinnon was such a big thing as creatives back then. I still, you know, that was like, what, I would say five, six years ago, I think, when Peter really started to become a big thing. Mm. As a creative back then, I felt like I only fit in one slot, which was at that time, I was a graphic designer. I was a graphic Mm. designer, and I felt like I had no right at all to be in any other field within the creative field other than just graphic design. So I, I was brought up in a world where you had to be good at one thing you know what i mean like what are you are you a doctor no i'm not a doctor are you this if someone asked me what are you good at i'm like i'm not really good at anything i can do some Mm. graphic design work but you know seeing people like peter mckinnon um just explode and being able to relate to some of the content that those Mm -hmm. type of people put, put um push out it kind of empowered me to explore that creative side of myself and be, and you know, I started to think, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I have something to share, right? Like it doesn't have to be, I don't have to be an expert at it. I just need to, I just want to share my own personal like viewpoint creatively or my own techniques. And that's when I started to do a little bit more of like the Instagram stuff. And then Mm. kind of just grew there first. And then just like you, I wanted to transition from just some guy who takes pictures of his office or his pro- or products and all that stuff to someone that people can actually um, approach and ask questions, right? Like mm. how do you like? I've had I have a friend who who also recently made a made the uh, the leap from working for a, a company to doing freelance to doing full time content creation, mm-hmm. and so. He asked me, this was a while back, he's like, so how did you do it? And um, I basically just told him like what I did. And I think that the problem is, um, and this is why I think people need someone like you, Ed, to show them how it's done. It's because, tell me like a few years ago that you know I can transition from working a, a corporate job to doing this full time. I'd be like, that is impossible. And most of mm-hmm. that I think is fear. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's fear. And obviously that's that's a reasonable that's a real reason. No one we're, we're all we all want to feel secure in, in a sense. But the problem here in this in this field, like you were kind of I think you put you you said you, you were dropped in a pool or something at the deep end. Let's just put it that way. Right. Like the deep end of the pool and yeah. you couldn't really swim or there were sharks around. It kind of feels like that. Right. I was laid off. I was laid off uh, three times. And so, yeah, so that that constant fear never really went away. But what I realized that I could do was kind of just take control of what I can control, which is myself, my growth, my 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 ability to learn my um, I guess my I can't think of the word, but I guess that just that that curiosity, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a curious guy. I know I can learn something Mm -hmm. if I just make myself um, vulnerable enough to people and to the environment and say, hey, you know, I, I, I want to learn this. I want to get better. And so I don't know how I ended up talking about this whole thing, but I feel no, like no, that's, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I feel like that's kind of similar to, to what maybe not similar, but there's there's some parallels there to your story yeah. and mine, because the journey is basically that, you know, from nine to five to freelance to kind of figuring things out and then now transitioning. Right. And mm-hmm. now you're building mm-hmm. yourself your your own brand and you want to position yourself as someone who obviously has done something that others have not done before. So what you're trying to do is guide those people to get to where they want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's that's basically just what I wanted to say about this. whole. Yeah, thing. no, I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I just real quick, I just want to say, you know, you mentioned earlier that you can. You know, we you, you can already picked up that we'd be good friends because I feel the same same way and no, you thank you I'm not relate. being a weirdo <laughs> no 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 not at all you know this is funny I don't know if you can relate to this but after going down I would say like in the YouTube world 
we could probably agree that we're somewhat in the same niche, right? Like yeah. kind of productivity, minimal list stuff and um, desk setups, things like that. I I didn't intend to get into the desk setup niche. That was literally never my intention. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is it's very, at least from my experience, finding people who match your aesthetic or who have a clean aesthetic, whether that's in their personal life, the way they shoot, the way they work, the the colors, everything like that. Something that people who are very clean in their environment, like nine times out of 10, usually relate on a lot of other things in life. At least that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I've learned. Um, yeah. So I'm not surprised that we'll probably have a lot of things that we align on or like have common ground or like view yeah. the same way, especially <laughs> when it comes to content creation. Because yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that like if your environment is messy, you probably think messy as well. Like your work is probably messy a little bit. Not everyone. I don't want to generalize if people are yeah. like feeling personally attacked. I'm not saying that like you can't have a messy mm-hmm. desk and also be successful. I'm just saying right. that typically speaking, usually who people who are clean and like organized mentally and physically are also, you know, more mentally organized in their business as well. Like for doing mm-hmm. other things outside of just personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to mention that, but also, uh, going back to your topic of, you know, feeling like that fear, uh, and, you know, figuring out what exactly it is you're good at, you know, I just made an Instagram post about this today, which, you know, when this goes up might be a few days or a couple of weeks, but whatever. Um, today I made a post about essentially like reflecting on my journey as a creative and realizing that along the way which I hit all, I hit all those low points as well. Like I remember what it feels like to have a thousand Instagram followers only. I know what it's like to literally have only 500 subs on YouTube and like not knowing if anyone's watching my videos, like having no money in the bank account because no clients are working with me. Like I've been through all those low points. Like a lot of people forget that when they see people who are successful, they're like, Oh, that must be so nice. But it's like, Hey, if you're looking at someone who's successful, like they're been at the exact same position you are in at some point in terms of like the level of success. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I realized I used to always try to title myself. I'd always try to put myself in a box. Like, what am I? Like, am I a videographer? Am I a photographer? Am I a YouTuber? Am I a a wedding videographer? Am I a portrait photographer? Am I a product photographer? Always try to like label myself, you know, like just so I can like have organization. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like, none of that really matters to be honest. And like everything that I've learned over the last couple of years, I've realized that the most important thing that I could have done for myself has nothing to do with like the niche or label that I was putting myself in, but more so the fact that I just never stopped doing what I was doing. If it was just something like I never put the camera down, doesn't matter what niche it was in, no matter what I was labeling myself, I always did. I was always moving forward and that's how I got to where I am. Not because I put myself in a box and ran with it. And it's in the beginning, too many people try to find, I'm all for niches. Like I, I think at a certain point, you do need to niche down to be successful, to be yes. known for something. But oftentimes, you too many people get so caught up in like trying to design perfectly who they want to become that they end up not doing anything and not taking any action at all. And then they look back on the last five years and like, wow, I was so caught up in like who I was trying to become that I didn't even actually start anywhere, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I also feel like if you do that, if you are so set on what you want to be specifically, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to be aware, to have enough self-awareness that maybe you're limiting yourself, right? Mm. Like allow yourself to experience something different. Allow yourself to like something different. Allow yourself to evolve and grow. Because I think as human beings that's only a natural process right Mm -hmm, we -hmm. grow we you know the things that i liked as a child a lot of them stay the same like i still like dinosaurs i still like robots i still like all the silly stuff but my taste also evolves right and i think to your point if you try to put yourself in a box i mean i think in general creatives hate that (laughs) <laughs> that's why we hate working in cubes, right? That's why we hate working in cubicles because, and that was like, that, that was like the thing, like why I wanted to make an, a nice office because this is the only opportunity that I could work in an environment that I actually enjoy, 
So that was like the whole point. But um, I like what you said earlier, moving forward. And I know, I know that we are going to be good friends. I actually posted a video. I think it was in 2020, the end yeah. of 2020, explaining the low points in my life. Mm -hmm. And that was the one thing that, that that was my biggest takeaway. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. It doesn't matter how hard it is for you. The point is you need to keep moving forward because that is the only thing that you are able to do. And you will be surprised as to how far that will take you. Just the mere fact that you are moving forward. So it gave me mm -hmm. a little bit of... um. It, it made things uh, basically I looked at things more with more intention, right? Like, okay, it's tough right now. I'm swimming through the muck, but at least I know I'm moving forward. You know what I mean? So yeah. going back to that low point, Ed, and this is just as part of the casual conversation, right? Was there a point where you, what was that point in your life? If you can remember, or if you, if you care to share that you felt like the was the lowest for you? creatively, mm. uh, f maybe financially or personally, do you, do you have those mo I'm sure you have those moments, but is there one that mm -hmm. you you'd like to share? Mm, yeah, I guess it depends on like how deep we want to get on this podcast. We can, but... keep it, we can get as deep as you want. <laughs> Someone please don't take that line out and make a meme out of it. I know. <laughs> don't worry. It's my voice. <laughs> it's going to be my oh, voice. Man. It's going to be out of context. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess like for me, I do remember being at a pretty low point in the sense there was a period when I was like in college and not working at Rhino yet. I was not mm -hmm. working at Rhino yet. Um, photography was a hobby of mine. Video and photo was an interest. College was a lot for me because you know, growing up, you know, you, you always hear about being successful, right? So people who are going to school, you know, they're, they're going to become doctors, going to become lawyers, you know, yeah. around like the 18, 19 age is when, you know, people are applying to prestigious universities, trying to get full rides. You know, it's like the heat of that moment, like college. And I remember thinking to myself, I was working at Nordstrom, you know, wasn't making enough money doing photo video. And I was studying actually in the medical field at that time. I positioned and I then I switched to like finance. I was like in, in between majors. Like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, so I felt like really lost, to be honest. And then at that time as well, just being young and wanting to have fun, uh, I was going through like a little of a rough patch with like my family. And like I wanted to do my own thing. You know, I wanted to be like a rebellious like teenager and do my own thing and like you know, move out and things like that. So that was like, a, I was going through like a lot of like personal things in my life, family wise, and wanting to do my own thing, not having money, not knowing what I want to do with my life, college wise, and photo video is a passion of mine, but nowhere near where I can like make money and survive off of it. Right. It's just, yeah. I mean, I think I was shooting on like a Canon 60 at the time with like a kit lens, like a 50 millimeter, like nifty 50, you know, like mm -hmm. no one's going to hire me $3,000 gigs with that camera setup. So, um, gear doesn't matter. <laughs> I just gear I feel like I gotta matter. say that it only, it only matters at a, a, a certain point, but for the most yeah. part, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter at a certain point. Yeah. But yeah. you know, in the beginning I wasn't really thinking about that kind of stuff. And, um, so yeah, I, w I was just like lost to be honest. I was at a low point, like no money broke, wasn't making money doing photo video was going through rocky patches, like in my personal life. And so, um, I feel like during that time, it took a lot of energy out of me to basically break through that. Um, and like you said, the most important thing I did was just keep going. Like, that's the only thing that's in my control is like, I just got to keep moving forward. And so I decided to apply for a new job and uh, I found the job listing for Rhino camera gear, but funny thing is it was for a customer service position. It wasn't even digital marketing. It wasn't like social content lead or whatever. It was none of that. It was literally for someone to sit at a computer and like respond to customer service emails. And it was like minimum, it, was, it wasn't minimum, but it wasn't like the greatest pay. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, at a low point, I want to get into something creative eventually. So Maybe I just start here. You know I mean? At least it's my foot in the door to a company that is in the industry that I want to get into, which is like creative stuff. And then I got the job 
but at the interview my my uh, previous boss who was really awesome he was saying like dude you're overqualified for this like over the interview he was like you you're a creative like you like photography you like video and it was just perfect timing because at that time there was a social guy they had but they were going through kind of a, i think a rough financial year the year before so they had to lay off a few people and they were getting doing much much better and rehiring more people but it was just like a perfect time because there was a vacancy in like the social media kind of role and so he kind of extended to me like why don't you kind of grow into this role and also potentially help out with content and stuff and so i went basically from having a super super low point to just keep moving forward to apply to this customer service role to eventually snowballing into the whole job of like working at that startup. And then the two years were like a blur growing my skills yeah. as like a videographer and everything. So basically like what I'm trying to say is like, that was a, that was probably the lowest point that I've experienced, but there's always been like ups and downs along the way. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I guess if you want to pinpoint what I can remember as being one of the lowest points in, you know, my creative journey, I guess, it was definitely during that time of transitioning okay. between family, college, jobs, you know, money, all those kind of things. It was like all kind of like caving in at once, mm -hmm. but it got better because that's one thing about having a low point is that there's only up from there. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm guessing during that point in your, in your life, at some point you probably just like a lot of people myself included at some point you probably started thinking maybe i should just take people's advice and just quit mm. and just do whatever regular people like like get a regular job like a real job I'm using air mm. quotes for people who are not watching <laughs> um because it's a it's, <laughs> it's a real thing you know what i mean like yeah I get it. And it's, I just think it's such an interesting perspective, especially now in 2022 to, mm. to think that, geez, just a few years ago to say that you are a videographer, a photographer, a creative, that just that word, that creative, it used to make me feel kind of sick to my stomach and I'm going to explain why. So when I was a graphic designer, you know, I never wanted to be called a graphic designer. I just wanted to be me. I just, I just know mm. I'm a creative because I used to draw, but then no one called me Michael the illustrator. I love taking pictures. No one called me Michael the photographer. And, but somehow, because the graphic design is the thing that's paying me, I'm somehow Michael the graphic designer. You know what I mean? Mm. So it just never sat well with me because I'm like, why do I have to be this one thing? Right. This is the one skill that people are paying for, but it's not me. It's not my passion. I'm passionate about it at some point, you know, for for I guess uh, to a point I am passionate about graphic design, but it's not the thing that gets me up in the morning and gets me excited. So when I hear the word creative, this was a few years ago. I'm like, that's not a real thing. <laughs> you know, I'm a creative like. That's not a real thing. That's me <laughs> saying that, right? Like that's me yeah. hearing other people say that. And it's so interesting nowadays that finally, I think finally creatives are getting that, that, the, the, um, the recognition that mm. they deserve. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like mm -hmm. you are getting paid to, to take videos, to take, um, photos, to share your thoughts and just create content, content in itself. There's so much, and you know, maybe this whole feeling that I have stems from my childhood when, you know, my, my dad, uh, when I was a kid, he never really believed in anything creative. Never. Same, so, same. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I remember, and I'm, I wish I could, I wish I could, uh, I wish this isn't exactly what he said, but when I was in college, he, I remember I took advertising and he goes, so what are you going to do when you graduate? What are you going to do? Are you going to draw for a living? Like he says it like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he does not yeah. believe in it. And so I think that's, I, I took that very personally in a way that I believed in what he said. It's time for a quick break. But when we come back, we talk about why it's important to take a few steps back in order for us to move forward. So stick around.
I am going to share with you one of the best decisions and investments I've ever made as a content creator, and that is signing up with an online library of royalty-free music. Whether you're new to creating content or a full-fledged creator, you know exactly the pain, frustration, and how much time it actually takes to find the right music. Not to mention, it gets really expensive paying for individual tracks. Epidemic Sound is the answer to all of that. They have thousands of high-quality, royalty-free music and sound effects that you can choose from for one affordable monthly rate. Their service has saved me so much time and money over the years, and I cannot recommend them enough. So for the Coffee with Creators listeners out there, you can try them out for 30 days risk-free by going to your web browser and typing in share.epidemicsound.com CWC. Once you sign up, you have full access to their vast library, and I promise you, your brain, your wallet, and even your audience will thank you for it. Again, head over to share.epidemicsound.com slash CWC for a 30-day trial. Right, so going back to your story, at some point, like during that low low point in your life, I bet you you were also feeling the same way where you're like, maybe I should just take what my, you know, like the advice that my dad said and just go into mm. business. Because it seems like you're doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, this is just my personal observation, but I think at the same time, you're now doing a lot of things because you're looking for that growth. You're looking for that next step. Is that safe mm-hmm. to assume? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, well, a couple things uh, relating a lot to your story of growing up and, you know, your dad saying those things. I think uh, maybe, it, it. I don't know, maybe... I might be going on a whim here, but it's like, maybe it's like an Asian culture thing, but it could like, be. yeah, I, and I can't blame, you know, parents, different generation for feeling that way because back yes. then, like, yeah, you a hundred percent could not make money drawing like back then, yes. uh, or you couldn't make money just doing photos because back in the day, when you say, when you think of a photographer, you think of going to like a studio with strobe lights and getting like family portraits taken. Like, mm-hmm. so I a hundred percent, see why parents may think that um you know this stuff is not lucrative because they're not born in the generation where content is the name of the game you know what i mean at the time it was was a different thing so i i learned that later though you know when i was young younger i definitely like was a little bit had that vengeance in me like i can prove people wrong that like i can make money doing photo video like that definitely fueled me because you know, a lot of, you know, including family and friends, they just, you know, not that they belittled it, but it's just like, come on, like you, you can't make money just doing family portraits and, you know, senior portraits, you know, making like going out and making a hundred dollars for senior portraits. Like you can't turn that into like a, a full-time income. And at the time, like, I don't know what I don't know. So like, I didn't know that five years from that point, I was going to be landing clients that are making four or five figure invoices. Like I didn't know that was a real thing. So I just kind of had to trust my gut that like, oh, okay, maybe this would just remain a hobby, which is why I didn't necessarily shrink into the mentality like, oh, maybe I'll go back and do something normal. It was more of like, I'll always put creativity on the back burner until I feel like it's time to like act on it again. And so photo and video never really stopped for me. It wasn't black and white. It wasn't like, I'm going to pursue it. I'm not going to pursue it. It was more of like, it's a hobby of mine. I'm going to always have in the background, but I will try to be safe, I guess, and go to school to get a business degree or go for digital marketing, entrepreneurship and things like that. So I did that. I, I literally went to college, got a degree for that. And so, cause I was playing it, playing it safe. Um, but, and then at the end of the fork, when I hit the fork, I was like, uh, I think I can actually make money doing photo video. And thankfully I never dropped it. It was always in the background. So it's like I was continuing to learn, continuing to grow. Um, So it was not that massive of a transition for me because I was already doing it for fun. So it wasn't like I got to choose a route from the beginning, black and white. It was, you know, have it around, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be pay your bills right away. You know what I mean? It's a very, it's a way I kind of look at YouTube too. Like too many people think of it like, this is the year I start YouTube. I'm going to become a YouTuber. And then they just like pour their heart and soul into YouTube. And then they realize AdSense only pays you 200 bucks a month. And you're like, this is not going to work with all you that know? effort. Yeah. yeah. All that effort. But it's, that's not a good approach. Your approach should be, I'm going to live my life the way I want, play it safe, 
but make YouTube videos when I have time. And if it happens to grow past whatever you're doing, and then you can go full send into the YouTube side. It's not like a black and white thing where you cut off ties and start one thing. And mm -hmm. that's probably kind of how I've avoided the whole going back to what's normal. Um, but also to that point, I don't know, maybe, maybe not everyone can relate to this. I don't know. But for me personally, I've always knew I could do it. I don't know how to say this without sounding like <laughs> a total like 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 my head's big but I've always thought that I could do it like I always had faith in myself you know it's the yeah. same way I approach YouTube like when I come across videos and we can get into this you know as we go down this t conversation of YouTube but like for example like my home office tour video it did really well and I knew that was gonna happen because I did my research like before yes. I made that video I went in and looked at not like the people that are in my circle like i went to youtube and looked up which video has millions of views and which video has like high production quality the ones that have like 300 400 5000 500 subs or a million subscribers like what kind of videos are they creating what do their home office tours videos look like and so i aimed for that and i was like if i can make a video that looks as good as this or better than this my chances of it reaching that point are so much higher so I, I set that bar for myself very high from the get-go to attract that like towards me. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time until it gets comes to me if I'm producing quality at that level. You know what I mean? Um, yes. It doesn't go unnoticed. And I'm, I'm truly a believer in that. If you produce work that's at the level of people that are paying the big bucks or have all the subs, it's only a matter of time until that will start to come to you as well. It's when you think when you look at those videos, if you're like, no, I'm not at that level yet. I'm going to create, like I have a thousand subscribers. You're going to stay at a thousand subscribers. If your video looks like a thousand subscriber account would make that kind of right. video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I've kind of adopted that same mentality with everything in life. So it's like anything and everything in my life that I feel like I could, I feel like I could obtain it because other people have done it. So it's the same thing with freelancing. It's like, I have friends who are making, two three hundred thousand dollars doing video production as a freelancer and i was like if i if they could do it and i could learn from them and i could also produce work at the same level as them why can't i also make three hundred thousand dollars doing content creation like what is the what, what what would be stopping me you know what i mean right. so i think that one i guess i don't know what to, what to title that but that mentality has always stuck with me even from like the college days so that's what's helped me push through all that noise of like going back to what we talked about as being normal or safe. Like I always push towards what I know is possible. And so that's why I've continued to move forward. Even if it's like some years, it's like a small step. Some years are big steps, but for the most part, it's towards what I think is possible. Right. No, I yeah. love that. I love that because I think if I were to try to summarize what you were saying, I, your approach seems to be you look at the big picture and for most people when they look at the big picture it's scary it's supposed to be mm -hmm. scary it's a big picture like you look at Mount Everest it's scary to climb that thing but if you take it mm -hmm. one step at a time you realize that it's man manageable you just have mm -hmm. to take it one step at a time right you're moving forward yeah. and that's that's the whole point but I think the thing that really um, enables you to keep moving forward is maybe you're doing this unconsciously or uh, consciously because you're making that decision but I think you're what you're doing is you're arming yourself with the tools the information and anything else that you can use to your advantage to mm. get to that point right like we can all look at Mount Everest and be like uh, I, I can I guess I could climb that if I spend enough time right but Ed's approach your approach will be okay I know I can climb that if given enough time I can climb that but what if I buy hiking boots? What if I get the proper jacket? What if I, uh, if I get the proper tools? What mm. if I get the proper training? So that's what you're doing. And I think mm. I love that because it's a very approachable and realistic method. Because a lot of people, going back to what you said earlier, uh, New Year starts and they're like, yeah, this time I'm gonna, I'm gonna start YouTube and I'm gonna blow up. Like, <laughs> it's nice to think that, right? Yeah, it's nice to think that, but they're looking at it from a very unrealistic point of view, 
in which mm. they just think that somehow by putting their faces out there, they'll be famous. And mm. not to say that that never happens, but it's such a small percentage. And this is the realistic part, right? Like everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to feel that once they put their content out on YouTube, it's going to blow up, right? Mm. Who doesn't want it to blow up? But the problem is they, they put all their eggs in that basket thinking that I just need to make this one video and I'm going <laughs> to be famous, right? Yeah, There's only yeah, a yeah. few people who, who manage to do that. And most of that is, most of it, I think, is just pure blind coincidence or luck, Yeah. right? There, there is a method there, but there isn't, if there was a clear-cut way of actually doing that, then I think there'll be a lot more successful YouTubers out there. Yeah, but then at that time, like what is success though? Like it might be defined differently, right? Like what if a million subscribers was the base? Like what if it was easy to get a million subscribers? Now it wouldn't mean as much. You know what I mean? It's not a badge of honor anymore. It's more of like, oh yeah, like Joe down the street also has a million subscribers. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's like all subjective. You know what I mean? Of course mm -hmm. there's money attached to it, but it's like if everyone has a million subscribers, it's not going to have the same effect of success. Um, but I, I love what you were talking about and with Mount Everest, because that is a, that's a really good way to look at it from a kind of a outdoor standpoint is you just got to start somewhere. Um, and to be honest, that's why I, I was really excited when you hit me up on email to, um, you know, hop on a podcast because there's a few people in like the, how do you say it? Like product desk, clean, clean aesthetic is what I want to say. Like clean lines, clean designs people in this niche that like I look up to um, and maybe I maybe have not connected with them directly, but I, I follow quite a few people like in this uh, niche, I guess. And mm -hmm. you are one of them. And I, I've come across your YouTube videos like many times. Like I've seen oh. your stuff a lot, you know, like it comes up. In, <laughs> no, no, it come it comes up in the recs. It comes up on my feed. And yeah. so like when you reached out to me, I was like, oh yeah, like I, I want to hear more about his process. I want to hear more about you know, how he approaches YouTube because it seems very like even your podcast setup, like <laughs> right now, I mean, people who are listening can't see, but your podcast setup is so dialed. You know what I mean? Like the mic, <laughs> the board, like the background is, you got practical lighting and everything. It's clean, you know? And like, it takes a very specific type of person to, you know, have that kind of attention to detail. So, you know, I want to kind of ask you too, like, how do you approach like, what's your MO? Like, how do you approach life and how do you approach YouTube? You know, like, mm -hmm. do you have you mm -hmm. always been into like, I mean, you're a graphic designer by trade in the beginning and now you're doing a lot of other things, but have you always just been interested in clean aesthetics and functional no. products? Like, no. how did you <laughs> get into this world of making everything work good and look good? Well, first of all, Ed, this is my podcast and you're my guest. So don't try to switch no, this around. I, I, I want to learn <laughs> though. I, this is, this is coffee. This is a I coffee know, I know. conversation. You know? I'm just, like, I'm I just giving learn. you a hard time. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. It, all the things you said are super nice. Like it's incredibly mm -hmm. kind of you to say that. But yeah, I think this is a lot. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Like this whole imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Maybe a few years ago, not even a few years ago. Let's just say last year. If you were to say that to me, last year, I would feel like, is Ed talking about the same person? Like, are, is, <laughs> is he really referring to me? Cause I don't feel like I'm that person. Yeah. A part of me still feels that way. Right. But also now that I've gotten older, it's a part of me is starting to, 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 to separate myself from that feeling, right. That imposter syndrome feeling. And honestly, I'm just like everyone else. The, the reason to, to cut, to cut a long answer, the reason I've got to where I am today is basically just trial and error, right? Mm. So I've done the podcast for a while. I've done so many setups with the podcast and it looks terrible uh, up to a point where I'm like, hey, I kind of like this. And this is better than the one that I did last month or last week. And so that goes back to our, our whole point, right? Like just keep moving forward. It doesn't matter how sucky it is in the beginning. Really, that doesn't matter how sucky anything is in the beginning because it's supposed to suck in anything that we do, right? It's supposed to suck in the yeah. beginning. But, you know, like this, for example, I could look at this right now and be like, oh, it looks, looks nice. But maybe five years from now, I'll look back and be like, ooh, I can't believe I did that. You know what I mean? Because we mm -hmm. evolve, you know, we evolve mm -hmm. as people. 
um, to answer your question, like how I kind of got into this thing, I was, you know, I, I got laid off. I did my freelance thing and then uh, pandemic and then lost all my clients, like zero. I had zero clients. And I'm like, oh no, what am I doing? So what happened was um, I basically said, okay, the goal is to keep moving forward. What can I do that can still make me move forward even just a little bit? And so I said, I can take pictures. I'll take pictures of my my space. Um, I've been doing this before the pandemic, but I'll take pictures of some products. And instead of just taking pictures, let me do some video, add some video on on Instagram. This was before video was a big thing on Instagram. So I, th I think I was at that right point or that right moment in time where the people were ready for something new, something mm. different. And I tried it out. And that's constantly just putting myself in that slightly uncomfortable situation. Yeah. But also knowing that the only reason I'm doing that is not not to show people that I'm an ex expert, but to show people and especially to myself that I'm just trying to learn. And that includes the, this podcast that includes bringing in guests like yourself. And this is why I love doing this podcast. If, if honestly, if I had one choice of do because I create content uh, for a living, but if there's one content that I could I would happily do probably for the rest of my life. That sounds so morbid, but <laughs> but probably for the you know for the next I, I mean how many years that would be yeah. to, to uh, podcasting because I feel like conversations like this right it's it's fun it I get to mm -hmm. I get to relate to people it's not the highlight reel where it's like on Instagram like oh your life is so pretty no it's not like that you know I have, I have so many low points but mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's the only reason I my worldview really my the way I see it is that I am still that 14 year old who looks at the world and I'm like, gee, I don't know what I'm doing. And I still say mm -hmm. this, Ed, and I'm not kidding. When I see someone do something that is very, like I find very admirable, I'm like, I wanna be that guy when I grow up. And I'm like, I'm a grown ass <laughs> man, but I still say that, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's how I see oh, it. Nice. Like I'm constantly learning. And, I'm, and I think having that, that um, hunger that I guess that um, desire to just learn and be better than what I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that's really driving me forward. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate all the things that you said. I it's incredibly nice of you. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to say all those nice things to be invited back. Dad. <laughs> I just want to oh, say yeah, that. I was, I was just, I was just trying to be super nice. So you'd actually have me back on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I didn't mean, Buttering I actually me didn't up. mean any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm all right. Kidding. I'm so just kidding. No, I, I want to talk about something that I think, um, yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, well, there's two things, but I feel like we're not, we don't have enough time in the podcast. So I'll save one thing. Okay. That, okay. Just, just so I have, I have a couple more reasons to invite you other than you being <laughs> super nice. Now <laughs> I would love to have you back by the way, but, yeah. um, I think, well, I'll save that for an, uh, another conversation, which mm -hmm. I will definitely invite you over, uh, over again, because I think this is super important. But this one thing I, I want to talk about because I feel like it's relevant right now. I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast and I saw a post that you made six days ago, I think. I think it was six days ago about mm. about um, feeling burnt out, feeling, mm. um, was mm -hmm. it six days ago? Just just recently, right? Is it on Instagram? Yeah, let me I'm gonna on look at it right now so I can yeah. see what I said. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, dude, six days ago, right on the dot, dude. <laughs> I think I saw it recently. That's why. Because I, I think I saw it recently. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how long ago was this? And that's yeah. why it's, it's stuck in my head. But um, yeah, that one is very relevant to me because I actually took a break from social media. And, mm -hmm. and the reason why I took a break was because, well, first of all, my family got sick. So mm. we all got sick and we all got better. But then because I got sick, I was always, my mind has always been in that constantly working mode. So I wake up in the yeah. middle of the night. I can't go back to sleep because my mind is always working, right? I wake up super early, early in the morning because I want to get things done. So getting sick kind of forced me to, to, to not do that. But the problem is as soon as I got back, it all started flooding in all the stuff that I needed to catch up on and to do and to create. And it basically, I basically um, went through a mental breakdown. Like I've something I've never experienced before. I've, I've had some men, minor mental breakdowns or, you know, just like points where I'm like, oh, God, I can't do this anymore. But this was different because this one 
really was just like, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like I, I felt like I was having an out of out of body experience. Like I felt like nothing is real. It's so weird. My brother who has gone through something like this similar a few years ago helped me through it. So he's like, first of all, you need to manage your your time, make sure realize that you're living in the now and you need to start living in the present. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been um, training myself mentally um, to live in the present and to realize that I can let go. I can let go and everything's going to be fine because that the difference between um, being a freelancer and someone who works for like a nine to five job, for example, right? Like when it, back then, when I clock out, I don't care what happens, right? The only mm -hmm. thing I have to worry about is the next day when I come back. But as a freelancer, as a, an independent, you know, whatever person, you're always constantly thinking, okay, what do I create tomorrow? How do I make money for the next month or the next week? So that pressure yeah. has never left me. So I think um, it got to a point where I was just like, oh man, this is just too much. This is more than just a, a creative rut. This is more than just burnout, I think. So mm -hmm. my question goes to you, um, Ed. I know you do a lot of things. You, ha you have a podcast, is that correct? Yes. You do have a podcast, combo. okay. What's you should come called? on sometime. Mid Dude, combo. I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Yeah, we just got, so it's funny because you don't have a co-host now. But I uh -huh. just got a co-host. Um, Did you steal so my co-host? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. The co the podcast is called Mid Convo. Short, it's basically short for middle of the conversation because, uh, yeah, yeah, that's one of my podcasts. And we have a co-host now. We go over more like on the business creative side as a freelancer. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, podcast is I love you were saying podcasting earlier and I love podcasting. Okay, like, I yeah. agree with you. Like this is one of the. Like if I were to choose a platform that I would not want to go away, it would probably be podcasting. Yeah, it's so fun. It's just so casual and it's it's yeah. easier. No no more editing. I mean, very minimal. <laughs> but yeah, so you have a podcast. Um, yeah. You have a re YouTube channel and you have your freelance stuff. And and you mentioned earlier you're trying to, uh, um, you're kind of, I think my impression was that you're kind of trying to streamline your workflow so that maybe you can possibly automate a couple of things and then you can also coach people. Or yeah, mentor yeah. them is that correct i think like as a as a working adult right like i think every adult wants to eventually get to a point of having passive income doesn't yes. matter like what industry you're in mm -hmm. um that should be a goal of yours if you are you know growing older each year so that's kind of where i'm at is a freelanced and i resonate so much with honestly everything you just said over the last couple of minutes of burnout freelancing having a mental breakdown like I, uh, I don't know if I've quite had it like that or maybe I have and I just my brain is traumatized and like chooses to like not remember or you're it, just but... soldiering on like because that's that's yeah. the hard part about it like to rec first is you have to recognize it right but yeah for some people we kind of just like soldier on until like oh crap this is a wall I can't do anything but anyway sorry I didn't yeah mean to cut you no, no 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 so yeah so basically like for me personally a lot of um essentially where I'm headed with my stuff is trying to get more towards passive because okay. freelancing has definitely tested me in the sense that nine to five, I'm totally with you on that. Like once you're off at five, you're checked out. You're, you're, you're done. Like I remember that. I remember those days, the glory days, you know, where you <laughs> come home at 5 PM. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you, when you clock off at 5 PM and yeah. you come home and you're like, you're thinking about other things. And honestly, at that time, I was thinking about YouTube and creative work, like the fun stuff, right? Like now that it's my full-time job, but I was doing a lot of those things after my you know, day job. But the thing about freelancing and running your own business is you start to, you, you, you don't work nine to five anymore, but you work 24 yes. seven. And that's could be mentally, could be with your hands, but you know, either way, your brain is running 24 seven. And there's such dude this is perfect because i just read a book yesterday i want to read a quote out of it because it's so applicable to this oh yeah yeah so this book is called anything you want by Derek sivers um there's a quote in here it's kind of where i'm at in life literally it's this right here it says there's a big difference between being self-employed and being a business owner 
Being self-employed feels like freedom until you realize that if you take time off, your business crumbles. To be a true business owner, make it so that you could leave for a year, and when you come back, your business would be doing better than when you left. Mm, I love that. So I'm gonna buy that book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. It's it's about a guy who you know pretty much built a company called like a CD company during like the music boom, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, that's pretty much where I'm at. Like I'm realizing that. If I stopped working tomorrow, I would have no income because yes. it's all around me. Yeah. And that doesn't make me like excited. And so I've started to do things that are working towards somewhat of a passive system, right? So YouTube, coaching, like I'm working on building like a community right now to it's like a gated community that I charge annual membership, the podcast, you know, things like that could be evergreen if the sponsors get on. Um, like I have a photo studio in Seattle and that runs itself and makes money. So I'm just trying to build like systems that help me make money so that not so I could stop working and chill on a beach in Cabo. Like it's so that I can really dial in on the things that I truly want to be doing and on my own time. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to wake up and be like, like I I have to do this sponsored video because I got to pay the bills. Like I have to go on this client shoot because I have to make money. I want to be able to wake up and be like, you know what? I could just potato all day if I wanted to, because I'm still making money. Because some days as creators, like you just need a day to catch up. You know what I mean? Like a day Mm -hmm. to just literally like Netflix all day and just chill out. And then you can go hard the next day. But it's, we live in a hustle hustle culture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And social Mm -hmm. media, like, I don't know how you're, um kind of mental like you know epiphany or breakdown went but typically i think for me social media is a huge 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 like could be a cancer for people without them knowing it you know what i mean and i think everyone is kind of in denial of that fact because they know that how much of a necessity it also is in our society like people say like oh yeah like i don't need social but let's be honest. Like, if you want to grow as a creator in 2022, you need to be on you social. Need it. That's you the need new portfolio. It is, and that causes a lot of anxiety, which I think lead to a lot of people feeling burnout, feeling comparison, feeling imposter syndrome, like all those things. Like, I would say for me at least, nine times out of ten, it stems from social. Like, maybe okay. it, maybe it's not like directly from social, but if you really follow and trickle, like follow the vine it usually ends up in one way or another causing from like pressures of social media or pressures to show up 24 seven or pressure to post every day or have a good caption or have a good photo, like which at the end of the day still stems to social because it's like, why are you sad about having a bad photo? Because you are sad about how people may perceive it on once again, social media. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. if it's for yourself, it doesn't matter, but it all stems from that. And yeah so like that going back to what you're saying like i'm doing a lot of things and i that instagram post that i made about being kind of in a creative rut i was feeling that because similar to when i left my job um from like my startup to freelancing i'm going through another transition right now which is going from what i just read read in that book which is going from a self-employed business owner like to being an actual business owner that's making money like when I'm not around and that jump, I guess, or a second leap that I'm like facing right now is like very, very difficult. It's super paralyzing. Cause yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. Like if you tasked me to make six figures, getting clients for video and photo, like I could do it this year, but then I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Right. Similar to if you're in a day job, same thing over and over again, every year, you can be at a day job for the next 10 years of your life. Yeah. But I'm experiencing that transition which is like that muscle, like the mental muscle that it's like just not grown yet. So I I feel like I haven't been posting on social as much. So I feel this anxiety that starts to like build up. Like, dude, YouTube anxiety is real, man. Like I post a YouTube video (laughs) and like I hit that publish button. Like, and I'm like so stoked about it. Got a YouTube video up. And then the one month mark comes around. Then the two month mark comes around. I'm like, dude, I need to get a YouTube video up. Like the pressure, I'm like, Mm -hmm. The, what do you call it? It's like this whole um, momentum 
uh myth like where you get a video that does well and you're like i need i need to show up next week and the week after and the week after to like ride this wave mm -hmm. and that is really toxic because you start to get in this rat race of like trying to keep up with some sort of algorithm when you are not quite ready yet to follow that pacing you know what i mean like maybe my pace is just one video a month right now like i don't have to look at people who are uploading weekly and follow that same model even though that's a goal of mine maybe that's just not what I'm ready for yet, you know? And it's, it's one of those things where I've, I was feeling a lot of those pressures with like social and this pivot, but a lot of people don't know this. Like and if you are deep into this podcast and you're listening, like, you know, if you look at my Instagram, I haven't been posting like all the time. I haven't been posting YouTubes like all the time, but it's because I've been in what I would call like the trenches, just building more businesses on the back end. Because for me, instead of getting caught in the social rat race of like posting every day and trying to build that machine, which at the end of the day still requires me. So yes. like I'm, I'm working towards the same thing. If I just continue to feed this social media beast, you know what I mean? Like I, it, like even if I grow to a million subs, even if I post every single day, I will still need me at the end of the day. Like I can't put my hands down because then everything shuts down. Right. Yeah. So that's why I've been in the trenches, just like getting in my head about building businesses that can stand without me there. And that post essentially stemmed from that pain point, which is the, the second leap, I guess, I'm trying to trying to accomplish, which is becoming a business owner and not just someone who, you know, is freelancer, quote unquote, or self-employed. Mm -hmm. You're definitely moving in the right direction, I think, because I think... Uh you and I are in a very similar, I guess, we're, let's just say we're playing in the same field at this point yeah, in our yeah, careers, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I'm also in that point, and I realized that for you to actually do that, when you have to build something on the back end, you have to st take a step back. And that's, mm. I think that's the hardest part, right? Like, because it, like you said, I'm so related to that when you're like, oh, I put a video out. I need to follow it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, oh no, it's like I'm losing followers. No, it's, it's like it's, literally nobody, but then you're in your own head. Like people, the people need the video, you yeah. know? It's like, bro, let's be honest. There's yeah, literally, yeah, like relax. Like if it's not in their subscription box, they'll they'll live to see another day. Don't worry, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, absolutely correct. And I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people need to hear that, myself included, because I am aware yeah. of it, but even I forget. And maybe it's just, this whole uh, work culture in my head that how I'm supposed to perform. And I think that was the biggest struggle for me because mm -hmm. going back to um, how you work on nine to five, someone tells you to go home. When you're a freelancer, no one tells you to go home to stop working or when to show up. It's all in your head. So I've trained myself over the years to not stop, which is a problem. And I think it's one of those things that I'm glad you share that part of your story about you know, doing a lot of things and feeling that anxiety because it's a normal thing. And for everyone else who's listening, who might be experiencing that, like maybe it's a, some sort of FOMO, you know what I mean? Like, mm, look mm -hmm, at them, they're mm -hmm. growing, look at them, they're posting every week, look at them, they're sharing this, so many cool things, especially when friends and peers um, are working with, you know, maybe like their dream brands or stuff like that. You might feel, oh no, am I not doing enough? No, you're doing mm. exactly what you need to do. And I think mm. this goes back to what Ed and I were sharing, sharing in the beginning. It's just all about moving forward, even just a tiny bit. As long mm -hmm. as you're moving forward, the, I think the idea here, honestly, is just you have to just make sure it's sustainable, right? Like mm. your growth is sustainable. Yeah. Because if, if you can't do that, then you're just going to crash and burn. And hopefully you don't have to experience, like anyone who's listening, hopefully you don't have to experience a mental breakdown, like just what I, what I just experienced recently. But mm. Ed, I feel like there's so many things that we could talk about, and I really want to keep you here on this podcast against your will. No, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But what I'm going to do instead, Ed, is I would like to invite you back uh, mm. one of these days, um, mm -hmm. back to the podcast, and ex you know explore more of these ideas. These um, one of some of the things I wanted to let's let's use this as a teaser, okay? One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is branding yourself and how mm. you, what are your, uh, I guess, how, how do you see this whole thing and why, why do you think it's important to kind of 
Okay, I didn't word that correctly. Okay, I'm terrible at this. I'm totally, I told you. Let me put it this way. You, both you and I are in the desk setup space for whatever reason, right? Like, mm -hmm. I did not intend to be in that space myself, but it's a thing that's kind of keeping me alive, right? Like, this is how a lot of people found me. But to me, going back to, to back when I felt like I was a graphic, I was just a graphic designer. I'm like, I'm not just a desk guy. You know, I don't want to be just the desk sure. guy. So I'm trying to, to move away from that. So that's what I want to talk about and what your views on it are, what you're, what you're doing to try to stay away from being put in a box and mm -hmm. maybe, maybe even why it's important, important for us to, to not be in such a super niche subject. So that's mm. one of the things I wanted to talk about, but I feel like that's going to be another yeah, hour. Yeah. So yeah, so <laughs> definitely I'll have you back soon. And I would just want to say thank you again for finding the time and for this wonderful conversation. And I really genuinely enjoyed that. And I, I'm mm -hmm. so happy to have met you at least virtually. Um, yeah. And I, you know, just super happy to have you. Thank you. Yeah. No, thanks so much, dude. It was fun having, uh, like I said, I love podcasting. I love meeting people who are like-minded. And so uh, I'm excited to be here. And I, I just had a cup of coffee and I'm feeling kind of wired right now. And <laughs> I got motivation from this podcast, so I'm about to put in some work after this. <laughs> I'm so not, happy. <laughs> it's five o'clock here, but you know, not this is what I'm talking about. You know, like at five o'clock, I would be going home for a day job, but part of me wants to keep working. You know? Right? Yeah. No, it, it, I think it's all. Oh, another thing we could do, we could talk about in the next episode, like the next time yeah. you're back, is having basically surrounding yourself with the right people. That's a, sure. a really good topic, I think. Mm -hmm. That um, mm -hmm. that I would love to explore. But Ed, 100%. before we end this podcast. Can you share with the with the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, um, at Edward Lee Films. Uh, pretty much, if you just type that on on most platforms, it should something should come up. And Lee is spelled with L E E, but Edward Lee Films. And yeah, we have a podcast, Mid Convo. Come check it out if you want some freelancer business tips. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you again, Ed. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Try not to work too mm -hmm. much. And uh. <laughs> I look forward to having you back on the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Thank you.